we're dealing with a series of handling the pitfalls in life. Uh, and, and I have handling the pitfalls in life because I want you to understand there are pitfalls. You know, life is not just roses. Every road is not clearly paved. Everything is not simple. Everything is not going to be a smooth ride. There will be some dips. There will be some, some trials and some tribulations, some obstacles that may come your way. But I want you to understand with God, you can't overcome them. With God... As we say, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Jesus said to his disciples, for man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. We're going to touch on a topic today about dealing with peer pressure. Uh, my question is to you and for you to ask yourself, and if you can help me out, ask the person to your left here, ask them, who is hindering you? Ask somebody, who is hindering you? Ask somebody else, if they didn't, you know, who is hindering you? And some of you might be looking at the person that might be hindering you and might be laughing or something. You know, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. We're going to talk about how to handle those situations, how to deal with those situations. Uh, I'm glad we're in the summer season and the spring season that we're coming to warm weather. But during the wintertime, why I hate winter is even more so I hate it now that I own a house. Because when it snows, who got to clear it up? I have to, and, and if I wanted, you know, you know, if I wanted to get to work on time, I had to get up early, because sometimes that snowfall, you couldn't just roll over and get on out. You had to clear out some situations, and so I had to deal with this obstacle. I had to deal with this issue, and so it was up to me to clear the path so I could clearly get out. I want you to understand that in your life, there may be some obstacles that may come your way that you need to move out the way. You need to make sure that you clear the path so you can go in the direction. Now, if you don't want to go to work, you'll call in and say, I can't make it. The snow's too thick. And so now you're allowing the snow from hindering you from making your job. So what is hindering you? You, you? you clearly can get up and shovel the snow and, and get on out, but yet it's too much work. So you choose not to. Oftentimes in dealing with people, it's too much work to say no, so we just go ahead and say yes. It, 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 I might lose my friendship, I might lose my popularity, so I will just give in and do what everybody else is doing. You see, but yet you started out well in the morning. You woke up early to get to work, but then you decided this is too much work. If you're going to join with me in Galatians 5th chapter, we're about to look into this. And as you turn to Galatians 5th chapter, we're looking with verses 12 and 14. But as you're turning there, Paul is, is writing to the church of Galatians, and he's talking to these Christians. And he says, he's telling them that, look, there's some people that are around you that are telling you how you should live your life. They're telling you what you should do in, according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, but yet they're telling you wrong. There's some people that are in your life that are trying to tell you what to do with your life, but they're just telling you wrong. They, they may be thinking they're in for your best interest, but really they're out for their own interests. They want you to believe what they believe. They have no basis on what they're believing. They just want you to believe it because they believe it. 
You have people telling you how you should carry yourself, how you should, how what marriage should look like, how, how you can't pray in school because that's offensive to people. And, and I shared with you last week that how, how someone was surprised that I said Jesus Christ at my prayer, at an invocation. But anytime I'm standing in front of people, I have to stand up for Jesus Christ. But yet other people would say, well, that might be pushing the envelope. You know, don't go that far. And, and so we have what they call the Judaizers. They, the Judaizers were, 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 you say, legalistic. Tell somebody legalistic. legalistic. You know, those legalistic people are those people that are holier than thou, that you have to do this, and that shows that you're spiritual. That means you don't, you don't always bow your head and close your eyes when you pray. All right? I, I don't do that. I, I guarantee you, I don't close my eyes while I'm driving. I'm talking to the Lord while I'm driving. Hey, Lord, how you doing today? I, I'm not closing my eyes. I, I do have faith, but I understand that, Lord, I know I should keep my eyes on the road right now. But yeah, some people say, no, you, you got to stop what you're doing and, and pray. Or, or yeah, some people say, well, when they're singing, you shouldn't be moving or you shouldn't be doing this. Or when you're singing, you should stand up and you should wave your hands and clap your hands. But yet, these are people saying, you should do these things to show God you love Him. Is God so not understanding that he does not know how much you love him by just looking in your heart? Well, we got to show it to God. I know us. We deal with that. You got to show me you love me. You got to call me on my birthday. Call me on Mother's Day. Call me on Father's Day. Show up for my graduation. Show up for my sporting events. We deal with love when people show up. But I want you to understand that God's always showing up. God is all around us, so we don't have to show up just for God. We just need to be true to God. And so Paul is writing this, and he's saying that you were running so well. We're going to get on down to verse 7. Are you with me here? Galatians 5, chapter verse 7 says, You did run well. Who did, what's that word? Hinder you that you should not obey the what? The truth. Uh, ask somebody again, who's hindering you? First thing I want you to deal with is, is remember your start. If you're not a Christian, if you not, have not confessed Jesus Christ, this really may not hit you yet right now. But again, think about when I gave my life to Christ and I started changing my ways. I started changing the TV shows. You, you remember you used to, to you know, the, every TV show you used to watch was sin. Oh, that's sin. I can't watch that anymore. You know, you, you was getting rid of movies and music. Like, oh, that's sin. I can't get with that stuff anymore. You are changing your lifestyle because it became new to Christ. Uh, I, I'm only maybe connect with a few people. Maybe it was just me that did that stuff. Uh, but yet, when you changed your life, you gave to Christ. You said, no longer will I do this stuff because, Lord, I see now that that stuff is taking me in the wrong direction. That stuff was hindering me running the life I should be. So, therefore, I will remove these obstacles out of the way. So Paul is right, said, you were running well, means you had a good start. You started out good, and, and think about track. Or, 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 or you know, in track, you, when they do a 100-meter dash, that's my favorite sport event. It's the quickest, it's the fastest, I just love it. And, and you see them get in the blocks, and, and the key thing is the first one out the blocks usually wins. That, that's what it comes down to. They pretty much all are pretty fast. But the one that has the quickest muscle reflex to get out the blocks win. And oftentimes they all get out the blocks well. But not all of them finish well. 
What is it that, that, that stops us? What is it that's slowing you down? Remember how you started. You trained. You was running. You realized, I want to run this race for Christ. I, I realized that my life was wrong. I was living in sin. But now I want to do what's right. So you came out the blocks ready to go. You were going at a good pace. You saw change happening in your life. You finally decided to fully give your life to Christ and do the right things. You were making new friends. You were making wiser decisions. You were shunning evil. In other words, avoiding evil. I, I'm, I'm putting out those buzzwords because, you know, last Sunday we were talking about how wisdom is... Fearing the Lord and, and understanding is shunning evil. Hello. You know, I want us to understand that evil is what? Sin. So when I, I gave my life to Christ, I, started, I stopped running towards wickedness but started running toward righteousness. I changed my direction. I changed my life. I changed where I was going. But yet something happened. Somebody jumped in front of me. Who is it that jumped in front of you? You know, oftentimes it might be relationships. Oftentimes it might be money. It might be possessions. Uh, it, might, it might be just your, your, your own selfish, ambitious desires of where you want to be that's going against the will of God. And you're wondering why it's just not working out. But yet, think about this. Remember where you started. What did you leave behind when you started running? Oh, I left that stuff behind, but yet it's always trying to catch back up with me. You know, you're running the race, you're running the race, but yet also, too, guess what? Somebody's running after you. They're trying to catch up with you. They want you to come on back. You're running that race. I want you to run this race. Jesus said, wide is the path and broad is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow is the path and narrow is the gate that leads to righteousness. And he says, few find it. It means this, that it's not by accident you got on that right path. It was by your decision. It was by your choice that you realized I was going in the wrong direction. But today I've changed my mind and I'm going to start running this way and I'm running for my life. But oftentimes as we start running, we get comfortable. And we allow people to persuade us into thinking that this is a better way to live. The Judaizers, that what the argument was here, that the Judaizers were saying this, that you needed to be circumcised for you to be saved. Paul was pointing out that Jesus died and that is why you are saved. Now, people are getting into, you need to do this in order to have this. As in the world, the world would say, if you do this, you will gain this. For example, if you do this with this person, you will gain this job and this raise. And sometimes there may be ethical things that you should be doing. Talking about just cut zeros or go ahead and do this. And, you know, that's why you see a lot of people stealing on the job. A lot of people being lackadaisical on the job because they realize if I cut corners, step on the little people and blame it on them, I'll make myself look good. Or, 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 or we see this in the community. We see this in relationships that, 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 that people will say these words. Men will say this to young ladies and, and say, if you love me. If you love me, you'll show it to me tonight. 
They, they will put conditions on if you love me and, and this is what's going to happen. I see peer pressure is based on conditions that if you do this for me, then I will do this for you. But I'm glad that we serve of God who loves us unconditionally. That is not based on what you're doing for him. He's like, I could do more for you than you could ever do for me. But anyway, if you, if you do follow me, guess what? I will bless you. And his blessings come, to, the Bible says that God reigns on the just and the unjust alike. I want you to understand, God does not just say, I'm going to bless you more than so-and-so. He will bless you accordingly. But people will say, only if, only if you do this for me. And they're not even true to their word. They will fall short. It'll come a time and say, oh, that was yesterday. But yet I serve a God that's the same today as he was yesterday and he will be tomorrow. So what God has promised you in your life, he will follow through. So remember, you'll start, remember the promise that you have received that he wants us to have life and life more abundantly. Remember, if God is for you, he can't be against you. You see, these other people come by you and try to bring you back to your bad habits. So they so remind you, how much, you remember how much fun we had? We used to go out drinking a party. You remember that? They want you to remember that. Why? Because why? You did have fun. Because you did. That's why you went out. That's why you laughed and had a great time. But then when you gave your life to Christ, you realized that that's not the kind of fun I want to have anymore. You might be in a relationship and they're trying to remind you, you know, remember how we used to. And you say, well, since I gave my life to Christ, I do remember those ways. But those ways are the wrong ways. I want to do it the right ways. And guess what? If I got to do it without you, guess what? I will do it without you. See, as you remember, you start the second thing. You need to remove your hindrances. Remove them. The Bible says this. You started running well, but who was it that hindered you? Look, 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 look at this. Look at this. Verse 8 says, This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. Paul is writing out that you can't blame God. Oftentimes we want to blame God when things don't go our way. I, God, I, I was running well, but it was you that, that brought this person in my life. It was you that put that liquor store in my direction on my way home. It was you that put that person in the front of my fist as I was stretching. You know, we come up with all kind of excuses. If you weren't in the way, you know, we got all these ideas about what we, we could have done if God just did not. But yet God is letting us know that if you love me, you obey my commands. If you love me, you will do unto others and you have them do unto you. Jesus says, pray for those that persecute you, bless and curse not. You see, the Bible's given us instructions how we should run the race, but yet we allow other people to influence us. Like they had that whole article about these kids won't tell who shot who. No snitching policy. I'll tell you how ignorant that snitching policy is. I, I was reading on the internet about this, uh, this uh, camp. What's his name? Cameron, I believe it was him. This is this, this, this rapper. And he was talking about how he won't snitch either. He's saying, and somebody asked him this question. What if a serial killer was next to you? Would you snitch on him? He says, no, nah, man, that's his business. I would just move away. What? I'll just move away? 
You're not concerned about your neighbors. You're not concerned about somebody else. You're only concerned about what they're going to think about me. I got to be hood. I got to be thug. No stitching, man. I'm tight. Whatever. Whatever. You, you, it's, it's funny how it's convenient for them not to snitch, but somebody else gets hit on, oh, they're trying to find out who did it. You see the logic of the world? The world thinks it's wise to do this, but unwise to do this. But the Bible says this, love your fellow man. You're saying, we're running well, but yet we allow uh, uh, the media and, and common popularity uh, culture to consume us and overwhelm us to think that this is the right way. We see it on TV. Well, if they're doing this way, then I should do this way. If they drive that car, you know, that's the power of those ads. That's why they get the best basketball athletes to wear those shoes. Because why? I want to be like him. So I need to wear those shoes. How much do those shoes cost? $200. Mama, I need those $200 shoes. I, don't, I can't afford it. <laughs> you don't love me. That's what they do. Uh, Alan Iverson gives this story how his mother did not pay the light bill to buy him some Jordan so he could try out for basketball. Now, that, that's awesome love for his mom, for her son, but yet why was that a priority? Oftentimes we think, if I have this, then I can play like this. If I had this, then this would be this. That's the peer pressure to stay up with the Joneses. You know how you see somebody else with this new cell phone or this new computer or this. You say, if I have that, then I can do that. Or if I have this car, then I can do that. Yet God says, I will give you what you need. We want the wrong things. We need to remove these hindrances. So that might be, oh, some friends may come back in your life that you need to get back out of your life. Old relations might try to be rekindled that you need to continue to blow out, extinguish, and put away with. Bad habits may come back that you need to continue to practice your good habits. We see here that we need to remove and reposition some things. You know how you're running and, and you know the, uh, the things might get in your way. You just need to remove them and put them back behind you. Put them back behind you. Don't look back and say, I remember those good old days. That's what Satan wants you to grab on to what the flesh likes. So you were running well, but who hindered you? It wasn't he that gave you the truth. Who is he? That is God. It wasn't God. Guess what? It was you. You allow the people around you to persuade you other than the word of God. God has given us the instructions, but yet we rather trust people. I, I, that's why I had you open up your Bible. That's why we do the Bible pledge. Don't be persuaded by what I'm saying, but be persuaded by what the word of God is saying. And seeing it right here, so I, I want you to follow along with me. Look at verse 8. It says, the persuasion coming not of him that called you. Then look at verse 9. A, a little leaven, leaven the whole lump. All it takes is one person to stick that thought in your head, and it will just blow up. For example, you put on that new suit, that new dress, got your new hair done, that one person told how good you look. Your head just swelled up. You was, couldn't nobody tell you nothing. I know this suit look good. Yeah. Woo wee. Then that other person come up and say, man, that's ugly. He's like, whoa. Wait a minute. I know I look somebody else there, but now, see, all it takes is a little bit. Just a little bit of doubt. A little bit. And Satan knows all I got to do is just say you're stupid, you're dumb, you're ugly. Or as, as I pay for it, if you love me. 
places little bit of doubt in your mind, you start thinking, how can I please this person? Pleasing a person whose attitude, whose mind will change tomorrow. But God is pleased by this death of his son. He is pleased by our obedience that we can never pay him back. We, God has said, just follow my commandments and I will bless you. Now, the blessing is this, that even when we mess up, he's in the blessing business. We, the song saying, one more day. If I, I, if I did not see today, I, I know I didn't deserve it. And I'm seeing today, I still don't deserve it. I am a sinner in desperate need of a savior. My life is not perfect. I don't have perfect days. If I did, I would, I, I'd be like, Lord, take me now. <laughs> I, I, I don't have perfect days. It's days I struggle. My mind wanders. I, I, I get caught up watching TV and, and wanting to have all these things. But yet I got to remind myself that, Lord, seek ye first. The kingdom of God and all is right. And you will add all these other things unto me. And these other things are the things that I need. The things that will make my life more comfortable so I can do the things that I love. When you wake up in the morning, do you do the things that you love? I, I know some of us are saying, I don't want to go to my job. I understand that. I totally understand. I've been there, done that. Plenty of times. Now I'm able to do what I love. But during that time frame, I didn't allow my waking up and going to my job to determine my outlook of life. I said, Lord, I'm going to continue running this race. I understand that this job right now is not where I want to be, but I know you can remove this obstacle out of my life. So I'm going to continue running. I'm not going to listen to those naysayers saying, oh, you're going to have to keep this job or you always got to do. Lord, I'm willing to trust you more than I can trust anybody else. So remember this. Remember your start. Remove your hindrances and rely on God. God's truth is so true. What God has in your life can nobody else give to you. They promise it to you. If you buy my book, you have the best life yet. Buy this and your house will be so much better. No, if you change your life to Christ, your life will be so much better. We put so much trust on who's going to hire us, who's going to be our, our mate, our spouse, or how our children are going to go up instead of just trusting God. Just trusting God. God told Abraham that he'd be a father of many nations. He didn't say that all your children will obey you and love you. But he told him he'd be father of many nations. So Abraham says, took that and ran with it. He said, all right, here we go. And he had some different children, y'all. Had some rough time in his family, y'all. And yet, instead of that, instead of saying, God, why'd you give me this family? He said, Lord, you're truthful to your word. You promised me this, I will go through. Even through the trials and the tribulations, the people trying to get me to go this way. Moses, God told Moses to lead my people. Now, I want you to understand, Moses at one moment in time said, Lord, why did you give me these people? You, you know, we're going to perish out here. But then God was getting ready to destroy the people because of their disobedience. And Moses said, Lord, don't destroy them. Remember your promise. You see, God is merciful towards us. He is faithful to His Word. He'll bless us because of our obedience to Him. But even when we act up, He doesn't remove His blessings. He's waiting for you to come back. 
See, I'm glad that Jesus showed us that God loved us so much he gave his son. You see, we live in a world that when people think this, that if you do this for me, you show me, you love me. But Jesus says your love is shown by you giving up of yourself. We're dealing with love, what you're doing for me. Uh, there was a song, a popular song uh, by Janet Jackson, What Have You Done For Me Lately? And oftentimes we will do that in love. What have you done for me lately? And it's more true in sports that if you're losing, we get rid of the coach. Because why? What have you done for me lately? We haven't won a championship. We haven't done this. So guess what? You're out the door. But in our life, we, we still same for now. I'm a fan myself. These same fanatics, we will get rid of the coach, but we won't get rid of the things that are hindering our lives. Telling this person, what have you done for me lately? Asking this alcohol, what have you done for me lately? Asking this weed, what have you done for me lately? Asking that bad habit, what have you done for me lately? And when you think about that, you will come up very empty. Because they can't do anything for you. They can add, they can add on to your life, nor can they take away, but only God can. But yet we're worried about all these other things. You started running well. You started running well. Remember your start. Remove your hindrances and rely on God. Look at Proverbs 4th chapter, verse 14. I want to just close out with this closing thought of this word of wisdom. I'm sorry, I'm going to go to text. I'm going to start with Proverbs, then I'm going to go to Psalm, first chapter. Proverbs 4th chapter, uh, verse 14. The Word of God says in the 4th chapter in the 14th verse of Proverbs, Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Let me say this again. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Then if you could turn with me, Psalm, first chapter. I, 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 I give you a challenge. If those who are re- reading your Bible, and you're looking for a strong memory verse to remember, or you want to memorize a whole chapter of a Bible, you can memorize this chapter right here, Psalms 1. It says, Blessed is a man. That walketh not in the counsel of ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is on the law of the Lord, and he met and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I need to stop reciting NIV. Let me read my King James for you. I'm sorry. And his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like tree planted by the rivers of water, and bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf as shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly what? Are not so, but are like the shaft, which the wind drives away. The shaft is just, you know, just, is what's left over of the wheat. They take the wheat and the shaft is just blown away. They don't care for the shaft. Shaft go away, but they keep what they want. Therefore, the ungodly shall not what? Stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So, who's the company you're keeping? Are they righteous or are they wicked? 
Are they going in the way of the Lord or are they going in the way of the wickedness? I, I, I know this is a harsh word. I can't say my friends are wicked. That's okay. Don't have to say it. Let the Bible say it. Let the Bible talk for you. See, see, we get caught up using words and want to be political correct. But I understand the word of God says that God is righteous. God is holy. And he hates sin. He hates wickedness. He hates evilness. And yet we love it. I love having sex. I love getting drunk. I love smoking weed. I love talking about people behind their back. I love punching somebody when they get on my nerves. I love cursing you out when you get mad at me on the phone. I love hanging up on you instead of talking to you. See, we love doing these things. We love sowing out our flesh, but yet you feel so empty inside. But yet when you rely on God and say, Lord, I, I understand your promise and your promise will come true. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next week. But Lord, you are faithful to your word. So Lord, I'm going to continue to run until I hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. See, I want you to understand, not until the end has come will he speak. So keep on running the race. Don't give up. Don't give in. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. See, God will not become weary. God will not become weak. God will always be so strong and so energized that it can overflow into your life that you can fully rely on him. And he says, just run a little bit longer. That's how great he loves us. And it was shown through Jesus. That Jesus himself would reach the, the, the limit of his body, that he was just sweating and praying in the garden of Gethsemane, that it said that it was like blood coming from the sweat. And, and yet he was like, Lord, 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 if this cup can pass over me, but not my will be done, but your will be done. And so he realized that, Lord, I, I realize my body's reaching the limit, but Lord, I'm going to run the race so that all of them, my disciples in the world, would know that you are true. It's up to you to run the race. I can't run it for you. And nor can I try. But what are the decisions that you will make? Will you remove those hindrances, those obstacles in your life? Will you learn to rely on the Lord? Will you remember where you started? Remember what you left behind? Or remember what you're pressing on towards the higher mark of Jesus Christ? The higher calling? You can handle peer pressure. Because there's nothing more powerful than God. You can fully trust in Him. The Bible says Ephesians, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Ephesians 6, chapter, verses 10 and 11. It says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you be able to stand against the wiles of the wicked one or the enemy or the devil, whatever translations you have. But it says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. So you can, but are you going to rely on him and stand in the power of his might? Remember how you started. Remove your hindrances, remove your obstacles, friends, relationships, bad habits, whatever it may be. Remove it and just rely on God. Thank you for listening to Zion Baptist Church's message by Pastor Samuel Duran on dealing with peer pressure. We hope this message was inspiring and encouraging to you. We look forward from hearing from you. Please feel free to contact us by email at 
reverend.duran at zionbcpeoria.com or you can visit us online at zionbcpeoria.com for further contact information. We look forward from hearing from you. God bless you.